Did the Guantanamo Bay experience accomplish anything for the United States? Certainly the case can be made that some dangerous people were kept from threatening Americans. But an even stronger case can perhaps be made that the suspending of the Constitution and holding people without charge under torture sometimes was a greater price to pay. On Wednesday, we spoke to Mike Patterson, city manager of Florence, Colorado, who appeared to want nothing whatsoever to do with a new proposed detainee center to transfer inmates from Gitmo to Alabama. Kazakhstan, a predominantly Muslim country, has also taken in Guantanamo detainees, five in fact. Simon Ostrovsky, reporter for Vice News, traveled to Kazakhstan to see how these released detainees had adapted to their new life. Simon, welcome to The Takeaway. Hi, John. We use life here in quotes, right? Well, it's definitely hard to say that they're totally free because uh, from what we experienced when we came to see two of the detainees in a town called Seme uh, in eastern Kazakhstan, um, they were under pretty much constant surveillance. And uh, it looked like the uh, Red Crescent Society, which is charged with their care, basically giving them medical treatments, uh, finding homes for them, uh, and taking care of their day-to-day needs, is pretty much uh, cooperating in some kind of a surveillance operation with the local security forces. So that every time our film crew showed up, uh, so did the Red Crescent, and then a few minutes later, so would the police to find out what was going on. And they were very happy about the fact that the detainees were meeting with anybody um, outside of the people uh, that were supposed to be taking care of them and uh, the security forces. Here's a scene, a bit of a scene from your documentary of Lofty bin Ali, who was sent to Kazakhstan from uh, Gitmo in December of 2014, uh, talking to the director of the Red Crescent. My heart has enlarged. I have a real health problem. It's not imaginary. I could die at any moment. I need a place, a clinic to go to. What's going on in this scene here? He's pleading for his health. Um, We're at the uh, Red Crescent office in Seme, and the director of the branch of the Red Crescent, Alfia, is uh, essentially arguing why For one thing, we can't meet with him. For another thing, he has no status in Kazakhstan and he can't ever leave the city to get the treatment that he wants. Uh, So their lives are totally under the control of this one woman and uh, they're very frustrated. They feel like they're not completely free because they felt that after they were released that they were free men. You know, they were never charged with anything and the U.S. government never made any evidence of wrongdoing uh, that they allegedly perpetrated uh, public. Um, and they feel that they should be receiving better treatment. You uh, really get the impression that this is a continuation of a kind of uh, prison life. Here's Sabri al Qureshi, who's the uh, inmate from Yemen. Two months ago, I got sick for a whole week. For seven days, I couldn't eat or drink anything. If I call the director, she says she's busy. I'm dying. I couldn't walk. She doesn't even want to send a driver to check up on me. He's describing conditions that sound worse than Guantanamo. Well, I think a lot of people, that's the first question that pops into their mind is, look, you guys were in a prison for over a decade. Aren't you happy that at least you're allowed to leave your apartments and go to the market and visit the mosque and sort of have a normal life? But uh, I think that uh, they don't see it as a normal life because they don't know anybody there. They can't really communicate with anybody there, and they're monitored all of the time. So they um, actually said that they consider it to be a kind of second Guantanamo. Um, There's some hyperbole in that, obviously, but the situation definitely isn't ideal. And the most surprising thing to me about it was that how you could spend um, so much time in prison 
uh, imprisoned by the United States, uh, and then at the end of it, not even have anybody apologize to you and get so little. And it appears, and again, we're going to hear from uh, Sabri El Qureshi one more time. It appears that these individuals are aware that they're locked in a kind of uh, political uh, battle that goes on between the United States trying to get countries to do the U.S. a favor in taking in these inmates and that the status of them in a humanitarian way has uh, no relevance whatsoever. Freedom is not comparable to being imprisoned. Freedom is freedom. When I get out, there was no freedom. I'm not free. I'm in this room 24 hours a day. I don't go out and I don't know anyone. Don't tell me I'm in freedom. Freedom is very different than prison. They come in on us all the time. These soldiers don't have the right to come in on me. They come in all the time. I'm in a second Guantanamo. It might even be worse. Without being cynical, um, is it likely that Americans will have any sympathy for these individuals given the state of coverage and uh, the U.S. government's orientation to these uh, individuals? And what is your greatest surprise in investigating this story? I think it depends, obviously, uh, who you ask. But as I said, um, the government never made an effort to make any of the evidence against uh, these particular people um, that we were dealing with public. And so it's it's hard to say whether the allegations that the Defense Department made are grounded in reality at all. Um, but what's definitely true is that uh, the whole uh, Guantanamo experience um, for America essentially was very hurtful to the uh, habeas corpus and the rule of law. I th- was terrible for uh, America's reputation. And I think if essentially now after keeping these people in a prison for over a decade, they're just going to be thrown away to the end of the world to a country that was used to exile political dissidents by Russia and the Soviet Union, um, then that's not going to make America's reputation any better either. So the U.S. has used Kazakhstan in exactly the same way that Joseph Stalin used Kazakhstan. Exactly, as a place of exile. Simon Ostrovsky is reporter for Vice News, uh, taking a look at uh, life after Guantanamo. Simon, thanks so much. Thanks, John. On Notes from America, we have conversations with people across the country about how we can truly become the nation that we claim to be. Each week, we talk about race, our politics, education, relationships, usually all of them, because everything's connected. And you, our listeners, are at the center of those conversations. I'm Kai Wright. Join me on Notes from America, wherever you get your podcasts.